0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the Gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They, too, were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat along with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, 150 years ago, a little church was started in a feed store in downtown Elkhart. And so was a school. We don't know how many students were enrolled in that first class. We do know that the pastor was also the teacher. And it must have grown because about 20 years later, in 1894, we called our first Lutheran school teacher, Mr. Frank Stoll. Many of you know Fran Jones in our congregation. This is her grandfather. And I came across uh, the record of her, his call papers. And here's some of what it said, that we would expect of our teacher that he'd teach according to God's word, that he teach Luther's small catechism, that he teach, of course, the subjects in school, that he maintain good classroom discipline, that he uh, have a godly Christian character in the life of the congregation, that he lead the choir and he play the organ. And then this, this is at the end, it said that he earnestly fulfill his office under Jesus Christ as your guide, as God expects of you, that he would follow Jesus. And then it said, here's what he can expect of us, that we will love him and we will help him fulfill his office and that we will take care of his needs and we will pay him a salary of $30 a month. Wow. Well, fast forward, at our 100th anniversary, our Lutheran school was now grades K to 6 and it had 155 students. That was the largest it had ever been. And here we are today, 50 years after that, And we have more than tripled in size, over 450 students, from twos all the way up through eighth grade, with 24 full-time and part-time faculty, and many, many more staff. Shelley and I are so grateful because our own children have been blessed by this Lutheran school for 21 years. Our last one, Katie, is going to graduate this spring but I'm not done because my kids are done, right? They're not somebody else's kids. They're our kids, amen? Amen. And friends, we we need our Lutheran school today more than ever, amen? And we want to reach more families through our Lutheran school more than ever, amen? Amen. For 150 years and now beyond, the Holy Spirit has, has laid it on the heart of this church, a great love and a deep concern for the next generation. And think now about what this generation is facing. The days are getting darker and less human. There's more division and more hatred. There's so much confusion and instability and, and volatility. Don't you feel sometimes like we're living life on the edge? I mean, these are such anxious times. Like we're, we're just sort of always on the edge. We're, we're on the brink of war. We're on the brink of disaster, of economic collapse, of societal meltdown. I so resonate with what Paul was saying in our Corinthians reading. Time is running out. The world in its present form is passing away. That doesn't mean just that the world's coming to an end. It will come to an end. It means actually also that the world's coming apart. This is urgent. So what do we do? There's an urgency in all of our readings. That's sort of a common theme in all of them, but especially in the Gospel reading today. Jesus comes and He asks Peter and Andrew and then James and John to follow Him. It didn't come through in the English, but the Greek says that immediately they followed Him they dropped their nets, they left their boats, and went after him. And then we're told that James and John also left their father Zebedee and his hired hands. So when it says hired hands, and that meant they had extra employees, it would have meant that business must have been pretty good for Zebedee and sons. When we think of this fishing expedition, this is not just merely their hobby, as it is for many of us. Nor was this subsistence living. This is not some mom-and-pop shop. No, no, no. Galilean fish trade was lucrative. This is big business. We're given a hint of that three years later. Remember when Jesus is on trial in the high priest's house? We're told that John is able to get into the house, and that he's actually able to go out and get Peter and bring him into the courtyard. Here's what I'm driving at. Money and connections. This was going to be a good life for Zebedee's sons. Until Jesus showed up that day. Now, we're not told how Zebedee reacted to that. But as a father, I can only imagine that maybe he felt replaced. I've worked all of my life for this, to give them this, and then they just walk away and follow this guy? You gotta be kidding me. But for those of us who are actively parenting, perhaps that challenges us and causes us to ask, well, what is it that we really want for our kids? What are our dreams and our hopes for them? We can imagine that for Zebedee, it was fishing. that was going to be handing down the family business, making it bigger than ever. What is it for you? What is it that you want so badly for your children that you are making great sacrifices for it? You're spending your money on it so that they can participate in it. You're spending your gas on it, driving them to it. You're spending your time on it probably rearranging your family's schedule around it. And it is probably a great thing. Your kid's probably passionate about it. Maybe they're even good at it. But is it Jesus? What worries me, my friends, is that we're often more worried about getting our kids into college than getting them into heaven. About them making the team instead of making them into a saint. About getting the scholarship more than getting saved. Now don't get me wrong, those are all good things. College and teams and scholarships, those are all good things in this life. But this world is passing away. So then what? Maybe, Just maybe it wasn't fishing for Zebedee. Maybe instead, that very day when James and John, his sons, walked away, he had tears in his eyes. Tears of joy. Because since the time his boys were little, he had been praying that they would know the Lord. That they would be faithful to him. And he and the entire Jewish people had been praying for Messiah to come. And here he was. He was finally here. And he had come looking for his sons, inviting them to come and follow him. Come follow me and I will make you into fishers of men. Make. What does Jesus want to make of us? What does Jesus want to make of our children? That's the key to parenting right there. That's the adventure. Come follow him and find out what he wants to make of you. Many of you have heard me tell the story before, but I'll never forget when my firstborn was born, and the nurse handed her over to me and put her in my arms for the very first time, and uh, I had a bit of a vision in that moment, I saw in an instant her whole life fast forward before my eyes. I watched her take her first steps, go to her first day of school, ride her bike, go off to college, walk her down the aisle. And 24 years later, it seems like her whole life has fast forwarded before my eyes. All of those things have happened, or are about to happen. (laughs) But in that moment, the Holy Spirit stirred up a prayer in my heart as I held her in my arms. And it went something like this Lord, help me, help her be everything you have made her to be. Follow me. That's the invitation Jesus gives to every one of us here today. Follow me. Where, Lord? Everywhere. But let me highlight two places. Number one, in your home. Jesus lives there. Now you may or may not be attuned to him. But if you are, then you follow, you can follow Jesus in your home. You can talk to him in prayer. You can listen to him as you read the scriptures. And you can live like it. Imagine that Jesus is there at the extra chair in your kitchen table your dining room table that he's there in the kitchen helping you get dinner ready or put it all away or that he's there in the family room sitting on the cross the couch across from you what are you talking about what are you doing he lives there so live like it follow him let him lead and the second place is this parents the next best thing to your home is this Lutheran school. It cannot replace your home, but it can extend it five days a week, reinforcing your dreams and your prayers for your child that Jesus would make them into everything he wants them to be. And I know this to be true. I know it from experience, but I know it above all because these teachers, just like Mr. Stoll back in 1894, every day these teachers follow Jesus, which means when your children are following these teachers, they're following Jesus. He's the line leader. For 150 years now, my friends, and beyond, the heart of this church is to tell the next generation parents, this whole church, you heard him say, these are our children, this whole church, this whole school, we are with you. Would you take just a moment with me now and pray for the next generation, maybe using just these very simple words, Lord, help us, help them be all that you made them to be.